Welcome, podcast listeners. We are coming at you uh, with something different for this short little excerpt. We want to give you a little bit of a background into where uh, the Guild of Brockhart came to be. Um, we end up starting after our adventurers arrived at Brockhart and they were doing some stuff and then they were establishing their guild. But what happened before that? Like We traveled to a couple different towns um and actually i wasn't even this the dm initially uh man bear was so how about we start with man bear and giving a recap on how he came up with this uh type of play well i had actually just gotten into a group of books called lit rpgs which are basically if you don't know already, being nerds, they're books based on video games. And um, I really wanted to try out the style of one series I was reading called Soulstone. And we had, I think it was, what, two weeks where one of our buddies wasn't joining? So we just kind of threw it up and gave it a try. It was kind of fun. Yeah, two weeks. It started as like a, a filler. Like we, we had it on the back, on the side burner uh in case yeah our one buddy wasn't able to make it so we started our own little side thing so like the three of us still could meet and do a little something not get withdrawals like we did before <laughs> which oh, i never thought from... i'd say it but it's the first time got withdrawals from playing D was eye-opening <laughs> well the worst one for withdrawals is definitely donnie because that that guy, we if we go one week without D and D, we hear it. <laughs> I mean, we got a story to tell, guys. We can't put the brakes on it. We got to keep that momentum rolling. Oh God, are they going to be ready for when Donnie takes over? Oh man, <laughs> don't know. If we thought oh, he God. was uh, over the top before, now that he has a bigger audience, yeah. Oh my God, my campaign is just. So much continuity, I think I'm just going to have to take a step back and uh, <laughs> rethink where I'm going to have you guys pick off on. So, yeah, uh, how did the initial, like, session go? Like, where did you start us off? Because um, I know we started off in, like, the, a tutorial village where Manbear with the DM and Donnie and I were the gamers that were Yeah, well... In, in all honesty, I basically, like, ripped the first couple chapters of the Soulstone book I was reading and uh, made you guys basically go through what they did. Uh, it was um, a great book. I wish the author would continue writing the series. I really do. But um, So essentially, it, you used, like, the first couple chapters as, like, a module. Yeah, pretty much. Um, you guys started off as pro gamers in the real world who were in a PvP tournament for a specific game. In this case, Brockhart. In the case of the book, I think it was called Titan's Gate. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah, and then um, you got kidnapped after becoming the first and second place of the PvP tournament. And your brains got put in jars, and you got uploaded into this game world. Yeah. There was even some, like, chick who talked to us while our brains were in a jar before uploading us into the games. 
No, she the chick kidnapped you. Oh, it was uh, you had a sort of watcher who uh, walked you through creating your characters, and he was like, he was a real person on the outside world talking to your brains that were in jars, explaining what you needed to do in the game. Yeah, at first I was like super like uh. Like, oh, no, we've got to beat this game as quickly as possible and be- get back to our real-world brains so that they don't decay and die. <laughs> and now it's just like, uh, well, forget about all that. What's the real world? Brains in jars. This is the real world now. Pretty much. Ours yeah. is taken off with that, too, because that's that's one way we split from the books is, like, at this point, with Bork DMing and... Me being numbface, Donnie, numbface has kind of convinced Donnie to maybe relax and enjoy the the new world. Why rush to go back to our old lives? We're living yeah. our dreams. My character persona is pretty much completely taken over. Whatever real world uh, mindset I had, I'm just pure barbarian Donnie danger. Wanna yeah. be hero extraordinaire. Yeah, barbarian. That's that's a good word for it. Um so yeah, uh I forgot who my character uh Tiger Soul, right? Yeah, yours was Tiger Soul. It was like Wilfred Tiger Soul or something like that. Yeah, so we started off Wallster, with uh Walster Tiger Soul. What was it? Walster Tiger Soul. Sounds about right. I could see you making up a weird ass name like that. Uh, these are the only names I can ever come up with. Um, so yeah, we started off doing like these trials, and as you guys know, uh, Willow was Donnie's partner, and I had a generic NPC. Which Willow, we didn't know that Willow was another player at that time. Is no, that you knew, and yours was a player as well. But um, I, I didn't want to run extra people because I'm not really good at multitasking like that. So I kind of just split them off. Lore but, wise, she was oh, a real actual players. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Like, yeah, realistically, so. they were always NPCs. Lore wise, they were real. So, okay, yeah. yeah. So then we fought, like, we did our trials and did Donnie and I end up joining for, like, the last fight? Or no? I, I think so. Oh, I think it was us. What it was, like I said, like I said, I basically used the book as a module. Um, I made your, but the one thing I did do differently is in the book, it's everybody's in the same town. But I wanted you both to experience the same fight, even though you weren't technically together yet. So I did almost like an instanced version of the tutorial for each of you. And then um, once you were done fighting that little thing and you actually got to town, that's when it became all together and where you guys actually ended up meeting up. Yeah, and then... I went through my, like, three trials, and Donnie went through his three trials. And then we ended up jumping back into the city, and then we finally met up. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, and what we you... met up and your other players kind of was... split off and did their own thing. I was saying shortly after that tutorial segment, Walster got sick or something. He was in. Well, 
You got to remember when I first ran this, we only ran it for two or three weeks because it was just the side thing. So we really didn't get far into it before we actually ended up switching to Bork DMing. Like I only ran it for a couple weeks. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I was going to say. It was a very quick shift, quick changeover. Yeah. yeah, and then the way of writing me off is we went out to do a small quest and I got poisoned. And that led you and Gnomeface to join up, or for Gnomeface to help Donnie find the cure. Yeah, and actually, the quest you ran was a proper quest. Like, that was part of my thing, and it was actually the end goal for me running the campaign. Unless we decided to run it more, uh, which we did, but with a different DM. But um, what I did when you took over as DM is I just tied in the fact that you had gotten nicked at the end. And it just seemed we just made it so Wolfgrass was poisoned from that one arrow that nicked him in the end. Even though at the time we didn't really specify that. So between the two of you, who who came up with the homebrew uh, skill leveling system? Me. You? Yeah, I started it. And then um Borg I, I, I developed what it to yeah. I developed it to what it is right now. Yeah, yeah. I started it based on the books I was reading because that was that was the thing I really liked was the way in the books when they le- they use their skills, they level them. They don't have any set you know, character sheet. A wizard is so streamlined in D and D. But with this, you could literally be anything. And that's yeah. what I loved about it. And then um, Bork uh, streamlined it and made it into what we use now. But I started it. Yeah, I liked it so much. I had to adopt it and just tweak it a little bit for my campaign, too. Yeah, because I, I didn't know what exactly you were talking about with how it was presented. But then uh, the best thing I could come up with or relate to it was SAO. And that's where I, we pretty much like cut all, um, like classes out, and yeah, uh, anyone can learn anything now. Um, just like Sao, like you just try to learn a move, and eventually you'll learn it. Yeah, yeah, like the only only really restricting thing was was like starting sets. Even then, that was just that was all up to the player. And even still, like, even though we're so open and free about it, we do still kind of end up classing ourselves, which is what I kind of like about it. It, It's something we do because this is how we want our character to be. But at the same point, it's still a lot more open-ended than regular D&D, where you're so streamlined in your classes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're like a fighter... Uh, agility fighter and also a spellcaster mm-hmm. and donnie you don't see me you know smash. yeah <laughs> and you don't see me you know trying to pull out power moves like donnie danger does because i know what my character wants to do even though technically i could try to learn them i'm not going to because that's just dumb yeah i, I i'm kind of like Kind of a middle ground between a barbarian and a fighter. Like, I got the build and fighting style of a barbarian, but I got, like, a bunch of clumsy techniques I'm working on, like a wannabe fighter. Yeah, Yeah, I barely use rage. All right. um, So then going forward, I end up taking over. I forgot how we brought you in, Gnome Face. Um, 
But like, I honestly, just walked into the tavern that Donnie Danger was at when he was getting explained on what he needed to do in order to heal Blade Wolf or not Blade, um, Wolfgren Tiger Wolf. Soul. Sorry, wrong character. Uh, the, I walked into the tavern when they were explaining to Donnie what he needed to do to heal your character, and I was like, you know what, I'll help out. And he was like, "What? Why do I need your help?" And that just started our weird ass dynamic. <laughs> it was really weird. We were butting heads. We still beginning. So then uh, I gave I test Donnie with the yeah. So I test Donnie with the quest of getting the wasn't it like goblin goblin ears goblin ears to make the antidote. Um. And so you guys left the tutorial village and you came to a fountain. Anyone want to briefly recap that? Oh, there was a chick named Ariel there and a guy named Zero. And Ariel was like this uh, fountain sprite, right? Like I I went up to the fountain, like we didn't know what it was about. And I almost drowned in it because she was protecting it or something. She was messing with you, but yes. 50, man. 50-50 on there. I'll give you that much. (laughs) Ariel was not a water sprite. She was uh, cursed and trapped in the fountain. And you decided you wanted to take a swim in her fountain, so she used some, like, water magic to damn near drown you. (laughs) And And then she sent us on a quest to find Zero, who was her companion before she was trapped. Oh, yeah. With his help, she would be able to hopefully escape the fountain. The whole time we're like, the Zero character's super sketchy. No one's just named Zero. (laughs) We really did. Yeah, (laughs) Zero was sketchy. No one is just named Zero. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, so like Zero wasn't there and she like, yeah, so he was able to, he would be able to help her, but she needed help finding him. Which she couldn't do because she was trapped in the fountain. Um, so then you guys went down the path even further to... It was a goblin camp, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, here's where you were supposed to get the ears. But then as you were here, you... Uh, Zero, Zero, uh, Ariel told you that Zero was here. And so you went to go find Zero. Um mm-hmm. By first, you actually took out all the goblins in the camp. And then what happened from there? Uh, We went into the catacombs that were somehow underneath this camp. And we found Zero in a cell underneath. And we still thought he was sketchy. Like, how the hell is he in a cell in the hidden catacombs underneath the goblin encampment? You know conveniently locked up yeah Yeah. they didn't add up no no it did not uh he sent us through the catacombs in order to find the key to unlock his cell but technically this one was just a dungeon the catacombs was later oh yeah yeah you're right it was just a dungeon but either way he sent us to the end to find the key and then at the end, we find, you know, a fucking pile of bones. Actually, five mm-hmm. piles of bones. Is this one with the Minotaur? 
Yeah. Correct. The one where we set him on fire. Yeah. That was the same one with zero. Yep. So uh, the because they had to find the key and Zero told them it's further in. Uh so then they end up going in further, getting into like the main room, and there's yeah, a big pile of bones in the middle, and then a couple more piles of bones surrounding. Uh I don't know how it came to be. But someone decided it was a good idea to uh, light the bones on fire. Which... It was no basis idea, and I encouraged him. I said, that's a great idea. You should do that. We, we tried. We're okay. So one thing you got to know about me and Donnie, we, we run into this a lot where we try literally everything we can think of, but it is not the one thing that Bork actually wants us to do. Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I like to make spe- specific triggers, and you guys weren't doing it, and I already had planned that you guys were going to fight a Minotaur, and so then you guys end up lighting the bones on fire, and I'm pretty sure I counted that as, okay, you disturb the bones enough that it it's going to rise, and so then since the bones run fire, they end up fighting a fiery minotaur instead of just a regular one just like the bones on fire what started off is we were looking around and we were playing with torches and we were fucking with literally everything and then i got pissed so i threw a fireball at a pile of bones and that you know magically lit those bones on fire "Hmm, if one pile lights on fire so i shot a fireball at the big pile and that did nothing so I lit the other four, other three small piles on fire, and I was like, hmm, okay, so those small piles light on fire. So we pushed the burning small piles into the big pile, which caught the big <laughs> pile on fire, and then a flaming fucking skeletal minotaur pops out of the pile. And it had the key around its neck. Or something like that. I know it was holding the key. Yeah, we got the key out of it. I also uh, got one of its horns. Yeah, uh, yep, you got Zeptirian, the minotaur. The Zeptirian minotaur horn. No, it was a minotaur horn with the Zeptirian language on it. Ah, uh, which has never been referenced or really uh, relevant ever since. No, actually, I have the skill to decipher the Zeptirian language. We used it in the dungeon when Kayla was with us. Yeah, that's later. Um. So yeah, then you end up defeating the Minotaur, you freed Zero, and then you brought him back to Ariel, uh, to which they bestowed some gifts upon you. Yep. Yeah, teeny uh, tiny water sword. It, it <laughs> was, they, so Zero, Zero gave uh, Donnie a water blade. It was essentially like the, the heath, is it called? The hilt, the sheath, yeah. Well, the handle and the part, and it, he was told like it can transform into any shape you want it. Well, at this point, Donnie was already had a great sword and a battle axe, so he's like, "Well, this thing's gonna be tiny," so he never used it. And he Ariel gave a shower dance to Numface because he was missing a water spell. Yep. So then yeah. you guys. Uh, was it Ariel who directed you to uh the second city? Yeah, well, we were heading to the second city anyway after we returned the goblin ears because we we didn't have anything to do in the beginner city anymore. So 
But when we passed by the fountain again, Ariel had told me, uh, well, he, she told both of us technically, but mainly to me, that there was a woman in the next city who could help me find a way to decipher the Zaptarian language around the Minotaur horn. I was hoping to learn some, you know, raise undead spell or something like that off of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she also warned us, though, that we should not tell the guards we were looking for this one specific woman because she had done something that, um, you know, made her wanted. Hey, I forgot about that part. So, yeah, speak <laughs> of the devil, the big so, doofus, Donnie Danger, the first thing he does when we walk up to the eastern gate of the city, hey, guard, she? we're looking for this lady. And yeah, the so, city was Wallersheim. Yeah, the city was named Wallersheim. Um, yeah, so then he ended up kicking Donnie out. Uh, to oh, no, he the... kicked both of us out. We had to go up to the north gate to get in. Yeah, but like I, I don't know if you were in yet or not. But yeah, they kicked out, and then so they had to walk around, and did did some digging within the city, and then they ended up stumbling upon her information about her and got someone to lead them to her. No, yep. Donnie found her. Um, really? I was off doing stuff with my armor and spending some of my money because I needed an upgrade. And um, I was also looking for uh, a lightning element spell. So I was talking to the local caster. And what I, while I was doing this, Donnie was walking around the back roads. And he actually did find her. Um, and he um, got a quest from her while I had gotten a quest from the magic user to learn my zap spell. And luckily they both led in the same direction. Oh, yeah, I remember there was a big mystery surrounding her, too. Like, is she honest? Is she hiding something from us? And I'm like, full on, like, yeah, we can trust her. Yeah. Yeah, you straight up trusted her, um, even though we were warned that she was a criminal several times. Yeah, and we did, like, some quests where it was, like, open-ended whether or not what we did for her was, like, bad for the world or something. Oh, it, we had to charge some crystal for her, and she taught me the skill to charge said crystals. Yeah, but, yeah, so you had to go to like the sun altar and yeah. you fought electric lizards, where which is where you got the egg for your electric lizard. Yep. Um, I on the way up to the altar, and then so you charged this crystal and went back, uh, gave it to her, and then she pointed you to uh, Brockhart. She pointed me specifically towards the old lady in Brockhart. By the way, the old lady's name is Alice. Is it? Yep, it's in the notes. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, she pointed me towards Alice. So you yeah. never found out what she did with those charged crystals either. No, no, that kind of faded out. And then, so you had to go to Brockhart um, by Alice's direction. So you started going up, and you were in a, a uh, just a wagon with three other people. Um, and you had some discussion, but then it got stopped. The wagon got stopped by bandits, right? Yeah. Um, so you guys went out and you found out that the, the two of the people were actually uh, like players 
and that they were fighting alongside you. Uh, but there was this one older lady that was, she's like, I can't fight, so I'm just going to stay in here. Um, and you were fighting a bunch, and then you, you followed them back to their camp? Or they tried running yeah. away, and then you chased them down? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, and then, yeah, you guys went back to their camp, and you guys searched around looking for, like, their leader or whatever. At this point, while you guys were fighting, you guys got really weak. Yeah, we you got, got really, up. You got oh. messed up. Oh, right. Wasn't there, like, some other, like, uh, you know, a party? Uh, like an archer and a mage or something with them? Yeah, yeah those the, were other the other two players two. that were with us. So, like, you, you guys split up. One took one, one took the other. Um, and it, you guys were fighting a whole lot of bandits and you guys were pretty much on the brink of death. And then, uh, I forget what the, what the mage's name was. Serenity. She, Serenity. Yep. Uh, so then she like unlocked, like you didn't know their, their level, but all of a sudden she casted like this pulsing fire area effect spell that no, com- she a tornado a fire tornado yeah it was a tornado no not a fire tornado just like a straight up tornado i'm the one who lit the warehouse on fire and she used a tornado of some kind to fuck everybody up oh okay yeah that's right yeah so you guys pretty much leveled the entire city or the entire I do remember lioness the archer got really messed up and I, I had a, I think I had to pull him out of the burning building because he was just so beat up. Yep. I um, pulled him out. Well, no, I got him to run because I lit the building on fire, and then a dumbass stayed in the fiery building shooting arrows at people and getting smoke inhalation. DM. <laughs> and so finally, I convinced him to run, and uh, at that time. Serenity was like leveling your building with her tornado because you had gotten jacked up trying to fight like six people. <laughs> That's what I do. So yeah, um and then we end up pre- like you guys got back to the wagon and all of you ended up like passing out from exhaustion. Yeah. To where you guys are you f- woke up in a a building and found out that the old the lady that stayed back in the wagon was actually a very powerful white mage in a sense of classes and she actually healed you guys but we're gonna have to stop here okay so i appreciate all of you for hanging out with us on this nice little chit chat i hope this gave you a lot of backstory anything you guys want to say before we send it off uh, I play with a doofus. Uh, glory to the Guild of Brockhart. See, doofus. <laughs> All right, everyone. I hope to catch you on the next uh, release of the podcast. So, peace out. Drive fast. Take chances. <laughs>